They tried to stop my shine, but I said, hold up. Y'all know how many hoes done tried to hold this hoe up. Tokyo music. You can't tell me shit. I'm on iTunes trick. You can't tell me shit. I'm on iTunes trick. What? 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 How y'all doing this week? How y'all doing this week? It's your boy Craig uh, with Craig's Pop Life Podcast, newly available on your iTunes. Check it out. Subscribe. You know, um, rate that shit. Just do your thing. You know, mama, I made it. I'm on iTunes, you know. So anyway, uh, you know me. I'm Craig Seymour, veteran music journalist. You can catch up on my work at rnbeing.com. You can check out my books, my biography, Luther, The Life and Longing of Luther Vandross, which, contrary to some opinions on the internets, actually exists. Uh, you can check my memoir about bringing a stripper hoe in grad school, All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay Washington, D.C., or you could check my novel, Who's Your Daddy? About three generations of gay men looking for love. Looking for love. Aren't we all looking for love? Not really, but some of us are. Uh, different times in our life, you know what I'm saying? I'll address that a little bit later. But anyway, um, or you can pre-order my upcoming book, Special, A Critical Meditation on the Life and Artistry of Janet Jackson. If you're hashtag jam, Jan fam out there, I know a lot of you are. Why wouldn't you be? And I thank you for the support. So let's get started with this week's pop culture observation and picks. Um, we're going to start out with the good sis Mimi. Uh, a lot going on with her this week, but, you know, I'm doing this on Thursday night. Thursday, well, early Friday morning. It's 3 a.m., but whatever. It's about the time of night or day that I do shit. But anyway, uh, who has done all? All kinds of wrong on this week's drag race. I mean, no spoilers or anything like that. But I'm looking at these queens like, who are you bitches? Like, who the fuck are you that you don't know basic Mariah Carey shit? And that you're like mixing up emotions with Whitney so much shy. Like I said, no spoilers. But, um, and you know, a few of them I could maybe understand because they're a little young. And you know, not everyone was raised right was raised right from a musical perspective, so you have to be sympathetic. You know, you don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to be judging the child for their mama's wax CD collection. You know what I mean? It ain't their fault. But a lot of them bitches are damn near my age, so it's no damn excuse. You lived through the night. You should know. You should know them. I mean, how many number ones she got? Like, where were you that you hadn't heard, you know? I mean, I can understand if the one queen was from Vietnam or whatever, that's fine. But it's like, nah. So, um, you know, I just feel like I need to personally apologize to Mariah on behalf of gay America. Because that shit just wasn't right. The stuff they were bringing up in, you know, in the episode just wasn't right to be bringing up. So, like, just please, 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 please. Um, and in other kind of not that good Mariah news this week... I need to take a breath, y'all. Okay, we finally got 
the a no no remix that none of us wanted. I mean, with Steflon Don that a lot of us hadn't even heard of, you know. And I just feel like here's my thing about the whole remix situation because I know there's been a lot of controversy, been a lot of talk on the Twitter and whatnot. I mean, I never believed in a Cardi Lil Kim remix. I mean, she said that on Watch What Happens Live. It's just kind of like an I hope. And, you know, she was in New York. Cardi's in New York. Lil Kim's in New York. I think she was trying. And, you know, Mariah, I've been in the studio with Mariah doing a remix when she was doing the Thank God I Found You remix with Joe and Nas. Like, Mariah does a remix like in a day Mariah's like calls up some people and it's together and it's done that night and it's on so I just think she was um you know it was like and she likes working in the studio late so she was doing watch what happens live it was around 11 o'clock I think she was just putting the Cardi little Kim thing out there as if you know they could just go ahead and just um text her text her people and beat up in the studio after the um you know, after the show, she's staying in the same dress, maybe put on some house shoes, pour a little um, champagne, a little splash, and it'd be on. So that's kind of how I think she was thinking. I don't think it was all that serious. I think she would have been down if it was, da- you know, if it could have come together and whatnot. But I don't think she was anything she was really pressed about. But the thing is, like, I knew, like, Barty's people weren't going to have her jump on anything that wasn't, like, guaranteed destined for the top of the charts because they didn't want to fuck they wouldn't want to fuck up her track record you know everything she jumps on like if she's going to jump on a real pop record it's going to go it's one of them things that's like a destined for number one number two number three at least top 10 and you know if you think i mean a no-no is such an r&b record and if you think about it like i can't i mean i'm sure somebody could remind me but i can't even really think of a lot of R&B records that Cardi has had features on like to me when I think of a Cardi feature I'm all I'm either thinking of something that's real hip-hop or completely pop like I don't really feel like she kind of moves within the R&B world although I mean you know she has some R&B joints on her album like with the Kalani joint and the SZA joint it's like I don't really feel like she jumps on remixes. Maybe she'll be on their future remixes. You know, there, of course, there's tons to remix on the Kalani album. That's fire. And Scissor's about to drop. So, you know, maybe that'd be in the future. But right now, I don't really feel like she does R&B joints. And, you know, they are not going to fuck up her track record just to do a favor, even for a legend. You know, that that's just wasn't going to happen. So I never had my investment in that. Um, now, the little Ken thing, I mean... I don't know, let me be diplomatic, or, or let me not. But anyway, I mean, let me just preface this with saying that Hardcore is one of my all-time favorite albums. We're not talking rap albums. we just talking albums, period. Okay, but let's be grown about it. We all know that Biggie wrote the whole damn thing. I mean, you can hear all the demos on YouTube. So, you know, let's be a little bit cautious in claiming lyricism for somebody because we really don't know how it all gets down how it all got down in terms of the classic joints um and you know i was a little kim fan for a long long time but honestly i have not enjoyed a little kim record since lighters up in 2005 her and mary all in the video all on the rooftop you know that was the last time i really enjoyed a little kim joint 
And the thing about it is not only the other stuff that has come afterwards, it's not even like that was just like, all right. I mean, the shit's been bad. It's just been straight garbage, in, in my opinion, you know, including that new go off mess, you know. I, and so I didn't want her to get a no no all musty, you know. I didn't want her to mess the joint up. I'd rather just keep my crush on you. Um, memories intact and that's no hate on the legend like I appreciate her I was there like I was there looking at you know her squatting down you know plaster on the subway in New York you know before the album was even out like I was queen bitch you know rocking queen bitch before um Jay was even on it you know what I mean so like um or it's not on queen bitch he's on um but big mama thing okay yeah i was rocking big mama thing with the whole where she was the whole song so i've been down with little kim i respect the the legacy and all that kind of stuff but you know the the new stuff just hadn't been popping and so i didn't really feel like you know i I, what was she gonna do with the song but i feel like there were a lot of there are a lot of female rappers that could have gotten on the track and it would have been hot and i'm not saying that it had to be a female rapper but it seemed like that was the lane that she was kind of trying to go in uh, go in like i think having young ma on it would have been hot and hood as fuck you know young young ma can spit she's been killing it with these freestyles like the freestyle of um of what's that um what's the what's the um clips joint um what is the name of that clip joint? Grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah, you should YouTube. Well, and I'll put all these on my website, craigspoplife.com. You know, all these, um, I'll put all the links in the videos and stuff so y'all can follow what, with what I'm saying. But that Young and May would have been fantastic. Okay. Uh, also, Malibu Mitch. Do y'all know about Malibu Mitch? Like, I love Malibu Mitch. I can't wait for her to you know, drop a complete project or give us something complete. Cause the little things that I've been hearing from her, you know, I love, she has a sexy kind of tight flow. Um, my favorite cup of her is called give her some money. Um, and then she recently did, which was hot. Um, she's very respectful of, you know, the, um, people that have come before the women that have come, that blazed the trail in hip hop that she's following. So for the, um, 20th anniversary of Foxy Brown's China doll album, she kind of reshot the cover with her in it. And then she did, um, a remix of Fox Boogie's China white, which is hot. Again, I'll put that on my website. So all of those people would have been perfect. And my other thing is like, you know, Mariah usually keeps her street to the keeps her street to the ground, keeps her ear to the street. <laughs> so, you know, in terms of who's, you know, popping and hip hop and stuff like that, like she always has the person that's either currently hot or the person that's got next. I mean, she's always been that person. Um, you know, sometimes it um hasn't gone the right way. Well, like I wish what's the song with the Peter Guns and the Lord Tyreek? thing um with the stay a little wild child um sample is that the my all remix anyway i wish i had that remix without them on it because you know they were kind of like one hits wonders with uptown whatever it's called uptown anthem and i just you know like decades later it just doesn't hold up where the song the music of it really does so i just wish i had a rapper's version but that's neither here than there here nor there but i just have two other remix related beefs um 
regarding Mariah these days. Well, first of all, you know, if you're going to make me listen to this, you know, UK rapper that I don't even want to, you know, listen to, and this is nothing against UK rappers in general, just whatever, but it just is very random for her to just throw on this rapper for a US release who hasn't really broken that big in the US. That just, I mean, I can understand if, you know, um, I mean, the, you know, throughout the 90s, they used to throw on all sorts of people on remixes on the singles that were released in the UK because I'd be buying them for the for the like the dance mixes and stuff and you'd see it and be also like the flavor crew if that's even a thing something like that or the full crew somebody's crew but there used to be these groups of rappers that would be on these the UK releases of these Mary J Blige songs and other people's songs that we didn't even know and never came here but why are you gonna put I, I don't know it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me but um And, you know, I kind of wish there had been some kind of explanation that would have helped us. Like if she said, oh, I'm really feeling this rap or or something like, oh, you know, y'all not going to y'all not going to know what hits you when you hear this rap from the UK. Just something to give us some context of why this person is on the remix. I think that would have also helped. I think it really didn't play right with all the rumors of Barty and Little Kim, and then just out of the blue, we get Stefan Don. So I think part of it was just the rollout. But then I'm like, um, I want those additional vocals from the video. And I was like, at least if I'm gonna have to sit through this, let me have those additional vocals. Or even better, can we get the video version just straight released? You know, just that would be great because those additional, you know, um, vocals at the end of the video version are fire so i want you know the movement stop complaining about this remix just if you don't like it don't stream it shit like what's to complain about stop doing that and maybe start a movement toward us getting um the video version of the song released and then secondly this is just really bothered me i mean i've really loved the whole, a lot about the caution era like i love the songs the album's tight All the videos have been on point. I mean, she's never looked more beautiful. Just the art direction, the styling, the hair, the makeup, the lashes for days, everything, 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 everything has just been right. But I'm like, where in the hell are the dance mixes? Like, where are the dance mixes? She's known for dance mixes, you know. But this is the first project. We we didn't even get one. And, I mean, you think about it, even on um, Mia and Mariah, we got a whole remix situation for um, Your Mind Eternal. And then we got a really great mix. One of her, I would put it up there with her classic mixes, um, the Little Louis Vega mix of Beautiful, which is fantastic. You know, it's very soulful, club joint. But with this, we'd get nothing. So I'm like, you know, a lot of what her current team whoever they may be, are doing a good job. But somebody up there doesn't really understand the range of musical tastes that exist within the Lamely and that a lot of us are club heads and a lot of us got into Mariah in the first place through the club remix joints. Like, you know, I liked her all right and I bought the first album. We were cool, whatever, whatever. But when I heard the emotions remix 
with that gospel intro and all that kind of stuff, I was a stand after that, that, like that set it off for me. And I've been on that ride ever since. So to not get any dance mixes on a Mariah project, I just feel that that kind of, um, it's just not right. It's a little bit of a betrayal toward the fan base, not blaming her at all. But I just think that's something, it's kind of like when, um, Janet released 20YO and there were no club joints you know, on the album where previously she had given us, you know, Throb, you know, the classic, and then she had given us like, um, you know, even Together Again has a dance, you know, so she had given us those kind of like house music vibes, but there was nothing like that on 20YO. And I even asked her about it um, when I interviewed her, you know, we were getting off the plane and I was just like, you know, the one thing I didn't hear on the album, because JD played me the album, um, for the Vibe cover story I wrote in 2006. And I was like, the one thing I didn't hear was a real club joint. And she was like, yeah, I do think I kind of need something like that. You know, so e- it was even in her mind. But I guess at that point, it was too late or whatever. They never got around to doing it. So to me, I feel kind of the same way. Like, without a club element, you know, with Janet and with Mariah, there's something kind of missing, something not completely right with the project. So that's just my two cents, whatever, for whatever it's worth. Um, in other music news, Craig music news that I'm listening to, I'm still on the Solange tip. I know people. some people are just trying to like it and just can't get into it. I just have the opposite um, experience. Like, it's just a vibe to me. I, I would sit there and play the whole video album just have that in the background, just watching the imagery and all that kind of stuff over and over in a day. You know, and I really I really recommend the video album, but it's only on Apple Music, so I understand people not watching it because they don't have Apple Music. And, you know, I actually had to sign up for it in order to watch it, but that's just how deep I go with Solange. But, you know, I just can't stand Apple Music. Like, I just don't want Apple up in everything. You know, like, I already have iPhone... Uh, MacBook and iMac, you know, I, so I'm down with the brand for the hard, for the, um, you know, those products and everything like that. And I like most of the software and I even like iTunes, but I just don't need, it just seems like the Apple Music mixes with the iTunes and everything gets all mixed up. And, you know, next thing you know, it's playing something that you downloaded back in 2004 or something. And it's just, you know, it's just craziness. Um, and the other thing is, I don't want to stream every damn thing. I mean, some things, especially stuff that I really like, I really just want to own that and just have that in a hard copy somewhere or have it, you know, because the thing about streaming that people are going to learn at some point is just randomly will disappear from streaming. And then when something randomly disappears from streaming, it just doesn't exist. You know, because nowadays it's not like they um, press CDs of everything. Of most things, they don't. So there are certain things, like this is just random. I may have even talked about this before, but like Shaka Khan's previous single before this new project, I Love Myself. I really love that song. I like the remixes too, and I have the remixes, but I really like the original song. And I used to just play it on streaming, you know, play it on title, whatever, whatever. All of a sudden, it wasn't on title. So I said, oh. Well, let me check Spotify. I go to Spotify. It ain't on Spotify. So then I'm, you know, heart starts racing. I get panicked because that's my joint. That's my little feel good, um, 
you know, feel good about myself joint. You know, so I need that. There's some days I need to hear that shit. So then I rushed to iTunes. Like, let me quick download it. I guess if it's disappearing, it's not on iTunes either. So the song has just disappeared into the universe. Go on eBay. Is anybody selling it? No, because there was never a single of it, even a promo. They don't even send promo singles to radio stations anymore. Everything is digital download. So now I have to just watch the video of it on YouTube. That's the only version of it that exists in the webosphere or whatever. So, you know, just little annoying things like that. I don't want to stream everything. I wish I could just buy the Solange video album, either download it, for purchase or, um, you know, give me a good DVD, Blu-ray, something, you know. But like I said, that's probably personal because I know a lot of people aren't necessarily into the album. But if you, like me, are um, and you want to catch some of the visuals but you're not trying to fuck with Apple Music, well, I better be careful of talking about Apple Music. And I just, my ass just got on iTunes. I don't want to be kicked off this quick. But anyway... If for some reason you are not a current subscriber and you've already done too many free trials, um, the Almeida video is on um, is on the good YouTube Vivo type situation. And also Ben's, um, which is one of my favorite joints on the album, that video is also um, on YouTube now. And um, another thing for Solange people, Solange, don't, Solange fans don't have them. We don't have no name, do we? Because I hope you don't have a name I don't know about. But anyway, um, there's also a Juke remix of um, Almeida by Sango. And that's really hot. And I'll put that on the website, too. Um, so a lot going on there. Another thing, I'm still on the Normani tip. I still think that she's a legend in the making. And this last week, she um, did a performance, on a phenomenal performance on The Tonight Show. And Questlove even called it um, one of the best first performances that he's seen in the history of the show. So you should check that out. I'll put that on the website. But she does Waves and um, with Black. And it's the, the performance is just incredible. Just the level of her commitment in a live performance. And just the, I just, she's, you know, I'm not calling her the next Beyonce or anything like that. Because that's irritating. But the way that she incorporates movement with her vocals and with the songs and it's all just kind of integrated and not just regular sort of movement but like dramatic movement it's very beyonce like like the dance is she doesn't beyonce and and um normally like they don't break into dance breaks or anything like that and there's nothing wrong with that but you know the dance isn't like a separate part of the song. It's like the dance is incorporated throughout the whole song. And it's just really stunning to watch. So again, check out Waves, Normandy doing Waves on The Tonight Show. And then there's just been some random stuff that I've been discovering, that I discovered in last week. Like, did y'all know Don Robinson has a club joint out with Mood to Swing? I had no idea. I mean, maybe she tweeted about it. I wouldn't know. I'm blocked. For some reason, I do not know. But, you know, I had no idea. And it's really cute. It's called Get Up. You know, it's kind of like that mellow house kind of groove. You know, the kind that, that you used to hear at clubs and stuff. But now, you know, you mostly hear it like sushi restaurants or like lounges and stuff like that. But it's still all good. But it's nice. I mean, she's still the same old Dom. It's still, it's still the voice that gave us Don't Let Go Love and um, Don't Mess With My Man. 
and all that kind of stuff. So I would check it out as um, Mood to Swing featuring Don Robinson, Get Up. And the other thing is, did y'all know there was a Teddy Pendergrass remix EP? Yeah, it's called Mix Mag Presents Teddy Pendergrass. And, you know, Teddy is known, of course, for his ballads. You know, he's known for telling people to turn off the lights and to close the door. He has all sorts of directions for people in the bedroom. But um, I personally did really love his club stuff. Like, I love um, You Can't Hide From Yourself because everywhere you go, there you are. Uh, that's one of my favorite joints. And Bad Luck by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes is definitely one of my all-time favorite disco cuts. So I really like Teddy's voice within a dance music context. And this remix album, you know, it's fun. It's like, if you don't take it too seriously or anything like that, like there are better Teddy remixes that I've heard and all of this kind of stuff. But it's it's fun. It's like, there's a Life is a Song Worth Singing remix that has a kind of Donna Summer, I Feel Love vibe. Um, the other tracks, like I Don't Love You Anymore, Only You, The More I Get, The More I Want, I kind of in the vein of like the disco re-edits that were kind of really big in the aughts, like especially in the um, UK and stuff like that, kind of where they kind of take a, a, a disco song, kind of rearrange it and kind of add a little bit of effects and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff like that. And then... Um, Doomy has a kind of slower dub feel that kind of closes off the set. So again, I definitely think it's worth a first listen if you like dance music and stuff like that, like me. Um, and you don't get enough of it these days because you remember the time in the 90s where every single song had a house remix to it. Every single R&B song had a house remix to it. And now no songs, even songs by, you know, former club queens like Mariah, don't, you don't get your dance remix so I find myself hungry for club music so you know if you're like me it's worth a listen and you know you may like it enough to add it to your good workout playlist or whatever like I said it's worth a listen so um moving on to TV now I have a confession to make because I think I've talked about this on a couple of shows um about liking American Soul but y'all this past couple of weeks I just had to give it up I mean I, you know, it's the kind of thing, you know, you are kind of tired of a show when like, because if you have a DVR and, you know, you kind of aren't in a rush to watch that week's episode. And then before you know, another episode is on before, you know, you have a couple to watch and you just like, you know what? I just don't even. I mean, to me, I thought it had a really good premise. I like, you know, it's always nice to have a black drama on because too many times we're put in a comedic context. So like. An hour-long black drama is still rare, and so I still respect that as um, as a form and as something to do. But you know, to me, it just got too damn heavy. Like the storyline just got very, very heavy. It still was getting to the point where I couldn't necessarily differentiate people or know the, their connections to each other and like what the storyline was and all that kind of stuff. And you know, to be honest. Even when it began, like, even when the news came out that there was going to be a Soul Train-based show, you know, I'm thinking, like, Disco Soul Train. I'm thinking there's going to be a Jody Watley-ish character. I'm thinking, you know, they're going to form a band like Shalimar. 
and you know Jody's Jody once told me in an interview that there you know that the dancers were nothing but a bunch of queens who were very catty and stuff backstage. So I'm picturing like backstage, bitch. I don't know you, bitch. I'm not. Uh, those are my platform shoes. No, you won't wear my bell bottom. You know I'm picturing stuff like that. And what I got, I was really willing to rock with initially, but I, 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 I'm just I'm not really. Um, I just give it up. So I'm sorry if people have watched it on my recommendation. And, you know, I mean, if you watch my recommendation, you still fucking with it, then I'm glad. But, you know, I kind of rescind my recommendations. I just say don't start. If you haven't started it, I would not say certainly don't start it on my account. Um, But, you know, the show I'm still with and really enjoy more each week. I'm loving that motherfucking boomerang. Like, I really am. I mean, a lot of people didn't like the first episode. And what I would say, if you were starting boomerang out, you definitely should make it through episode three, which I think is a good, um, I just think that's a good TV rule anyway, because, you know, the first episode is the pilot. So that's always going to be kind of separate to everything else. The second episode, you're getting back and getting your groove. I think I've said all this before, but the third episode is kind of like, you're in the groove, you're kind of going in the direction of where the series as a whole is going. And um, I just think it's really interesting. I mean, on the one hand, there's this cute, really cute to me, unrequited love storyline. But at the heart of it, it's really a show that kind of deals with Black people talking about or giving various perspectives on what it means to be black. I mean, the core of so many of the conversations in that show really um, goes back to that, just that issue of like, what does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be black in this context? What does it mean to be black in that context? What does it mean to be black if you're trying to, you know, cross over, trying to be an internet celebrity? What does it mean to be black if you are an indie filmmaker. I mean, it's just all of those kind of things that I really think are very provocative. And I think it's doing something very new within the context of a basic cable sitcom. So I definitely think it deserves a chance to grow. So I'm hoping people watch it. You know, I'm hoping people don't let BT one day at a time it. You know, I'm hoping that there'll be enough viewership so that they renew it. Because I really feel, you know, and it's under the helm of Lena Waithe, I really just feel like it's one of those shows that if we support it in its trying to find its feet days, like it will really deliver um, in the future. So I would recommend starting Boomerang, you know, especially if you, is there any holiday coming up or something like that? Or is it just spring break? Because I live in South Beach and like there are just too many damn people roaming around so i don't know if it's a holiday if it's just people just spring breaking but whatever it is kind of on my goddamn nerves but oh the last thing about um boomerang though is it stars taekwon richmond you know he was the little brother from everybody hates chris but child he's all grown up now he's lean fit and as fit and as fine as fuck so I need y'all to watch just so I can give me some more bedroom scenes, some more shirtless scenes. I mean, he can be at the gym. He can be running shirtless outside. And, you know, it's done in Atlanta, so it'd be hot. So he can be running with his shirt off. All sorts of, I, I'm going to need those to happen. So if y'all could just support a brother on that um, and just tune in the show, I would very much appreciate it. Now, moving on to 
books. Um, I just finished Veronica Chambers' um, essay collection. I mean, it's kind of an anthology with other people. But um, Queen Bee, A Celebration of the Power and Creativity of Beyonce Knowles Carter. Uh, It's a really nice collection. You know, I mean, I just, first of all, just on GP, I mean, and as a music journalist, I would just always appreciate when there's something in the marketplace that treats our artists seriously. Because we can have artists that are popular as fuck and not have any written works on them to kind of go down for posterity to kind of like be in the Library of Congress for people, you know, generation from now to find out about. We have our popular figures. We don't even have stuff written on. But yet, if you cross over into the white world, like there are books on like just indie bands that haven't begun to sell as much in terms of numbers or even have as much wide impact. There are whole books on these motherfuckers, you know, just because it's like that's the kind of music that a lot of the younger white folks in publishing listen to a lot of the music journalists that's the kind of you know white that's the kind of music that they listen to so they're all having similar conversations so that's how these books are getting out there so I just applaud whenever there's a good you know and serious I don't mean heavy I don't mean not fun but just you know I mean serious in terms of taking black music taking black artists seriously if there's a serious book on a black artist so um you know, because you would think that there would be a whole library on stuff, on good stuff about Beyonce, but there really isn't. You know, there are a couple of books, whatever. So all that to say, this is a really nice collection. It has some excellent contributors, um, folks like it has Kid Fury from The Read, um, former MSNBC host, Melissa Harris-Perry, and who, does, you know, is a professor and does a whole lot of other stuff. I don't know why even just brought up the MSNBC thing, but, you know, she's, it's not like she's not, um, you know, important just in her own right if she had never been on MSNBC. Um, Edward Innenfold, the black editor of um, British Vogue, um, and, you know, done so much stuff over the years, and friend of Naomi. It's always an important, you know, thing to note, uh, important biographical thing to note. Um, choreographer Fatima Robinson, who's known for all her work with Aaliyah, and she worked with Beyonce on Dreamgirls, you know, because the choreography in that movie is fierce. Um, Ebro from Hot 97, and um, Brittany Cooper of the Crunk Feminist Collection. She has this excellent book. You know, if you haven't read it, go read it. If you read it, buy it for a friend. It's like, it's that kind of important, I think, you know, just to be kind of a general thing that black folks are reading and can have a conversation on different subjects, kind of using her book as um, sort of a general knowledge that we all have. But it's called um, Eloquent Rage, A Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower. I definitely recommend that. Um, But my favorite pieces in the book are by um, Professor Michael Eric Dyson, um, Hollywood It, Every damn thing, Lena Waithe, um, well, I mentioned before, is um, the force behind, one of the creative forces behind Boomerang. And um, all around internet superstar, Lovey, of Awesomely Lovey. Um, Dr. Dyson just offers some really great descriptions of Beyonce's music, you know, which can be kind of hard to 
pinned down for people. Let me just read this. This is about her voice. I just think it's so cool. Okay. This this he him talking. This is Michael Eric Dyson. Although I can't talk like Michael Eric Dyson because Michael Eric Dyson is a orator like none other. So I'm just gonna read in my little Craig voice. So Beyonce's voice unleashes a cascade of notes down mountains of styles, some craggy with delightfully hostile hip hop beats that disrespect linear rhythms. Others smoothed in R&B melodies and harmonies that form an archipelago of gospel grooves in her acoustic topography. Dope, right? And I can't even believe I could, I hadn't even um, sort of highlighted that as a word I needed to think about pronouncing. But, you know, sometimes that goes to show you if you're not self-conscious about something, you just read it, you just go through it. Had I highlighted it, I probably would have fucked it up. But anyway, and this is him talking about her songs, you know, which have very unconventional structures and things like that. He says, Beyonce renders pop songs as tone poems, transforming her art through stories of female aspiration, feminist resistance, and racial pride. So I just think that's a really good way to put Beyonce what she do. Um, and then Lena Waithe, she shares a really personal story that I like. Where is it? Um, okay, here she go. I fell in love with my fiancé when the self-titled Beyonce album hit. I wanted the things she talked about in that album to feel that passion and connection to someone. Like, I really felt that in my spirit because, like, honestly, you know, in general, I'm just kind of a jaded fuck love type of bitch like um and that's basically the premise of my novel who's your daddy but um when i watch beyonce's self-titled video album you know i do sometimes wonder i'm like you know am i really a jaded fuck love type of bitch or am i just like in the haunted video and i still have several songs several you know cycles to go through before i get to blue you know which i understand is about Blue, her daughter, but I feel like the um, sentiments in Blue really just um, relate to any kind of great relationship that's grounded in love. Because for me, I know the only love I want at this point in my life, at this grown-ass point in my life, the only love I want, the only relationship that I'll be willing to make the sacrifices for that are necessary in every relationship is if it feels something like what she's describing in Blue. If it's not like that, a bitch is busy. Miss me with that. I don't have time for it. But, you know, like I said, like that still exists as a kind of, I wouldn't say goal for me. I would just say a possibility, you know, where a lot of times I'm just like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm through with love. You know, I'm like Destiny's Child in um, <laughs> the situation. But, you know, occasionally there's like, you know what? Like to feel to feel about somebody the way she's singing about somebody in blue, like you know that might be life enhancing or whatever. Like I could see that, perhaps, maybe you know. So we'll see. I'll, of course, I'll keep y'all posted if that happens. Um, and then lastly, Lovey's piece that she posted around the time she posted this right after Beachella. It's called um, <laughs> Beachella is proof that Beyonce is the greatest performer alive. I'm not arguing. And, um, of course, it tells you why she thinks that, but, um, 
then she she also offers some really good advice that I think is really good life lessons in that she says, um, no matter how good you are, there will be people who don't like you. Ain't that the truth? Uh, there are people who don't think Beyonce is talented. So you know there will be people who don't think your work is remotely good. Keep doing it anyway. I was like, all right, lovey, that's uh, that's really a good lesson because it, it really is true. And, you know, one thing I can say, and this is why I always just tell people to do stuff, because I think a lot of times when it comes to writing, you know, like it's interesting to me, like if you wanted to be a photographer, people would just say, OK, just start taking pictures and put them on Instagram. Right. If you want to be um you know, kind of like a video personality or something, just make a video and put it on YouTube. But for some reason, people still have this idea that you can't just write something and put it out there for people. Or like if you do, you're kind of just um, sort of pigeonholed as a blogger and somehow your writing is not deemed as credible or as anything as, um, as you know, a so-called writer, you know, uh, and I just, I mean, as a published author, you know, self-published and published by, you know, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, what, 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 test me, you know, um, I just think people need to be freer to just put something out into the, the world because the thing is, you can't edit your way into everybody liking your stuff no matter how polished it is no matter how you know whatever it is no matter how many editors it's gone through if it has this seal of approval that seal of approval if it's gotten great reviews in the press no matter what there are still going to be people that can't stand a word that you wrote and wish you had never put pen to paper or put your fingers on a typewriter that's just the way it goes so knowing that, then don't let it st stop you from doing something because you just know going into it. Okay, some people aren't going to like this, but I'm writing it for the people. I'm writing it for myself and the people who are like me. And so I'm just going to keep it pushing. That's the, that's the advice that I have, but that's not the advice that most writers get. Because I'm like, you know, if you're a writer of any sort of, that feels any kind of way about writing and about kind of improving your craft there are a billion ways to learn how to be a better writer there are books on it there are seminars you can take there are online courses whatever so you can get better but if you don't start doing something then who's reading your stuff like what's what it's like you're always going to be put on, okay well, if i take one more course i'll put something out there if i do one more thing just start putting out something out there and just get better as you go and you'll find an audience. And the thing is, if you are really true to yourself and to your message, then you're probably saying something that uh, somebody else out there is not saying or they're not saying in the same way. So there will be people that connect to you just because you are saying something in a way that connects to them in a way that other people don't connect to them. Those people, because they feel like they're being seen and they feel like somebody can relate to what they're going through, they will forgive a couple typos. I mean, you can, first of all, you can run it through Grammarly a million times, but they will forgive a couple typos. They will forgive a couple of whatever because of what you're saying. And then they will be with you and be cheering for you as you get better. So just go ahead and do it. And I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe nobody out there wants to write. Maybe this is not relevant to anybody, but 
it's just something. It was on my spirit, so I just had to say it. So, um, lastly, another really cool thing in the book is um, there's this essay called What Beyonce Means to Everyone. And it's kind of like a visual thing. It has a lot of infographics and charts. Like, there's this word cloud that shows that words like baby, don't, like, can, love, that, and all are some of the most used songs in Beyonce songs. So most used words, rather, in Beyonce songs. And this is another chart that made me feel real good about myself. It was um, The Interest in Beyonce by State. Okay, and these are the top five in reverse order. Okay, number five is Georgia. I've lived in Atlanta a number of times. Um, Number four is D.C. I'm D.C. all day. I was born in D.C. What? Number three, Maryland. I also rep Maryland. I also spend a lot of time in Silver Spring, Maryland. Number two, Mississippi. And number one, Louisiana. So, like, I'm feeling beehive as fuck because I represent Maryland and D.C. So I'm like, where y'all living? Like, is y'all really hive? Like, you know, that mean, and I just think those cities are surprising. Now, I know a lot of people, New Yorkers and stuff like that, New York is actually number six. So, um... But I just thought that was really interesting, especially in terms of the D.C. and Maryland with them being so close together. Um, I don't know. Just interesting to me. So that is the good book, um, Queen Bee, A Celebration of the Power of, and Creativity of Beyonce Knowles Carter that I definitely recommend if you are into Beyonce. Um, and so before I close this good old episode, I want to tell you all about one more thing. This week, in addition to doing this podcast, I'm a guest on another podcast, the Janet Jackson podcast, called Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. And on the podcast, I talk about my upcoming book, Special, A Critical Meditation on the Life and Artistry of Janet Jackson. And then each week, they have kind of like a song of the week for discussion. So this week's it's... um. What's It Gonna Be, the duet with Busta. So check out that um, episode if you're not sick of hearing me after this. And so I hope y'all have enough suggestions about things to listen to, things to watch, things to read, to hold you over for the next seven days. And I'll talk to you next week. Until then, you know what it is. Be cool, be kind, be creative, and in the words of my fave, be your damn self. (laughs) All right, y'all. Love y'all. Bye.